Hello and welcome to New Age Raid, a podcast about spirituality in the modern age. My name is Brody, and I'll be your host. Alright everyone, welcome back to the show. I apologize for my hiatus. Um, Didn't purposely take a few weeks off, it's just complications of moving and getting used to being in a new spot for a record and trying to keep children out of (laughs) it. It's all been hectic lately, especially with the the pandemic and everything. Um, I think it's kind of kept us all busy. I'm luckier than most in that I am considered essential, so I keep going to work like normal, despite um, my county not being sheltered place ordered. So I'm one of the lucky ones that hasn't lost work over this. I also don't to stay home <laughs> like many people do, um, but I don't know why I'm doing that. Um, so, actually, that's kind of what I wanted to do the episode on. First, we'll kind of talk about some spiritual things that have happened with me. It's been an eventful couple of weeks for me in terms of spirituality, and I feel like it has some good lessons as far as this pandemic goes so spiritually, um, it's constantly, <laughs> everything's constantly evolving for me with spirituality, which I want to say is how it should be. Um, one of the things that I enjoy about my spirituality, but is also a challenge, is the fact that as I discover new truths, new information that's relevant to necessitates a, not necessarily change in behavior, but there's a lot of um, personal work on the self and then managing expectations of people around me because my beliefs have changed. So that was that was a huge thing that happened this week as I finally um, kind of put the nail in the coffin, uh, in the coffin as far as Mormonism is concerned for my parents. They'd been aware that I had critical belief issues and whatnot, but I think they'd been holding out some hope that eventually I'd come around or angels would visit me and cause me to go back to the church. Um, and the reason I was finally allowed to just have the straight up talk with my with my parents is all the stuff that's happened in my life. The pandemic, I think opened up a lot of eyes as far as there's been a rearrangement of priorities, I know there's for me, because um, I think about the future where we're headed, and the models that I employ, like astrology, um, and some other things, indicate that we're in for some rough years, because that, it's that changeover of triplicity that I talk about astrologically, that we're moving from earth to air. And not only that, but you have some Pluto stuff happening. Pluto is the god of death, right? He's associated with not only death, but rebirth. And a lot of the systems that we've come to rely on have been consistent for the last couple hundred years are going to go through a rebirth phase, essentially. And that's never, um, it's always a little bit challenging, right? Um, 
change doesn't come easy, especially if the system's like not that you're relying on. Um, the coronavirus has revealed a lot of failings in our government and our leadership. That, and I fundamentally believe some of those changes were apparent before the coronavirus, especially here in the United States, that you have a political system that's essentially broken, that it's become so polarized that it doesn't matter who's in power, they get nothing done. Um, and I think that's going to be the crux of it um, for those of us living in the United States is our government's fundamentally broken and that has to change um, for our own survival. And so I'm thinking about moving into that kind of a world. And essentially the way, in my mind, that we beat this thing, not just the coronavirus, but the challenges that are coming and how we deal with the change, is we become like air, right? In astrology and occultism in general, air is associated with being sharp, intelligent, rational, strategic, but it also is associated with social networks. Uh, not like Facebook, but like the social capital and human capital that we build with each other. That the stronger bonds that we have one between another whether it's our families, our communities, our country, our, our neighbors and friends, the religious or spiritual communities that we're a part of, having strong bonds there is going to be essential. And I think that's been apparent with, um, with the coronavirus, right? We see people everywhere connecting, despite the fact that they're all quarantined in their homes, <laughs> that they're talking to each other through Zoom, through Discord or chat messages or, or video conferences, those kind of things. And we're also discovering that there's a lot of things that we've been doing lately that we don't need to do. We don't need to travel to work if you have an office job, stuff like that. Um, we've seen that the air gets cleaner. Um, as soon as, so it's kind of like revealing some potential answers and some ways that we can adapt. And I know that People are scared. People are worried about the future, especially those who come out of work. And I think we've learned that people we're connected to are important. And it's important that we have privacy and family. And that was the crux of me talking to my parents, right? Was that I see the future and I know my parents can't retire. They can't retire for a while yet. Which means that their ability to help me is limited, um, and then my ability to help them is going to be limited because I've been trying to live it on my own, right? And that the solution for us to be ready for these trying times that are coming is for us to come together. But that requires me being aware 100% of who I am and changes that I make and being able to accept them. So that was kind of a, a crisis point, not a crisis point. A significant thing that had to happen, that they had to be aware of my belief systems, the way that it's changed, how I've come to the conclusion that my life's work at this point is spirituality and helping people with their spirituality, um, especially helping, you know, people like me, people who are maybe from one church or other, more fundamental orthodox religious systems. 
through that transition to realize it's not true, as true. For a lot of people, they'll leave their religions as it is for Mormons to leave theirs because it's such a all-encompassing part of your life at that point. Um, and they took it fairly well. I was a little bit worried about how they'd take it. They were definitely disappointed. But at the same time, I think I was able to clearly communicate what's been so difficult about leaving the church and wanting to leave and what my reasons were. Obviously, they don't know a lot about the beliefs that I carry around now. That's going to be some slow work over time. One of the life lessons I think I learned from them was how to engage and be in conflict with someone. Because I'm usually very passive and I don't like to fight people. I don't like to talk about hard things, but it's a skill I'm going to have to learn, especially if we're going to plan this future together. Because I see the changing times and I say to myself, my parents are going to need sure use their home right now. Um, watching kids and helping raise my kids and that if we pool our resources together we can get a lot more done. Especially think about you know my dream of building up my own personal poverty, right? Whatever that is is the shit. <laughs> so that's what I want to do is have this little farm and make it into this into a little farm life like you see them who's got this vast amount of experience on farms and agriculture that were growing plants and greenhouses. He could be this tremendous resource that I'd be foolish to pass up on, not only in terms of we could help each other financially to build this place up, but I also know it's his dream. I know he's wanted it for a while. And so I'm starting to see that like we can accomplish so much more together. They can help me with my children. I can help them. and building this thing up and they're also, also young and I can you know I can still do the work um, and that's the thing is in the midst of all this stuff that's going on we still shouldn't abandon our dreams we shouldn't abandon the things that we're working for in building up of world that we want to live in, right? I think we're seeing where we're seeing in this this crisis the failings of capitalism, the failings of the systems that we've been using for a long time, and building something better isn't an option anymore, right? We we either get with the times, we change with the world, or The alternative is not worth contemplating, right? So, you know, I had that talk. There's going to be more talks. That's the hard thing about the new way that I approach spirituality. Is it used to be when I was Mormon that the answers were given to me. My cosmology was defined for me. I had leaders who could weather us through this storm. And, I mean, I'm glad... <laughs> I see from that angle is very encouraging to me. 
understand why a church with over a hundred billion dollars is chipping in a little bit more money instead of calling for people to fast, which isn't even to talk bad of fasting. Fasting works, um, but. Instead of being given all those answers, all those beliefs kind of ready-made for me, I have to define them for myself, which ends up being a lot of work. That means having discussions with my parents about what I believe, not convincing them that they're right or wrong, but finding healthy compromises. And if I was still a member of the church, I wouldn't have to do that right now. If I was still a member, I wouldn't have to try and figure out what right and wrong is, write my own ethical code. And I have to do that now. And while that's difficult work, I find my spirituality to be so much more satisfying and authentic to me than it ever was before. There's work involved, but there's mutual rewards for it. And it's just been this interesting journey of discovering weaknesses I have in this podcast. It's helped me discover some of them and work on them because sometimes it's downright discouraging to do this stuff, right? Because you don't. It's funny because I see how many plays there are around. We've talked about this before. And sometimes it's discouraging to see that there's, it's not, you know, this thing isn't going viral, it's not taking off. But at the same time, it's, it's hard to expect people to engage. I, I listen to 100 podcasts and I never write reviews or, or write into the, the podcast or talk to them like I've invited so many people to do. You know, it's, so why would I expect my own audience to do that if I don't do it myself, right? It's kind of a, a weird thing for people to engage that way. And so you have to find a way of pushing forward despite your own discouragement and lack of feedback. And that's not to like chastise you guys. <laughs> I think it's a lesson that all creative people need to learn is how to keep going and keep trying in the face of lack of encouragement or sometimes there's just no one around to cheer you on. Um, and so over the past two weeks it's been a lot of lessons learned as far as how how we cope. And I'm choosing to approach it from the point of view of what lessons can we learn from this pandemic and this virus and the changes that it's forcing us to make? It's forcing us to adapt. And making sure that I take those lessons forward. Because uh, that's why that's why I like the astrology. Because I think it gives me a language to describe the big picture with of these archetypes and themes that happen repeatedly over time. I believe we're looking at the fall of world powers, I think, in the United States and the EU and several other 
big players are going to in the next decade or a little bit more than that maybe they're going to come to their ends not necessarily like completely ends but they're going to not be the same afterwards that's the words that a lot of astrologers and other scientists that have been using to describe this that things are not going back to normal whether that means that the the nature and composition of the United States changes along with a lot of other parts of the world. And I think the other nice thing is that a lot of religions and spirituality see this as like the end times, right? But they also want them to have a happy ending and afterwards. Now we disagree as to what that happy ending is, but you've got your new age movement seeing the age of Aquarius and Christians see Christ coming back in the second coming and the world will be paradise afterward, right? But regardless of what model you're using, the same it's got the same bones, right? It's cataclysm and change and difficulty precede paradise, right? And so I think we're learning all this is over. And I feel badly for a lot of people out there. There's people that I'm interacting with in my communities that I can tell them they're scared. And a lot of them haven't had to deal with the question of death before. I'm in that situation where I'm, most of my grandparents are gone virus, but because of cancer, but it teaches you the same lesson. You have to be ready for for death. Um, ready in terms of it coming for you, but also for of it coming for your loved ones. That this is part of the package. We can't ignore it. And obviously we do everything we can to avoid it and avoid that challenge and that sorrow. Despite our best efforts, it still comes for all of us. No one gets out alive, right? And that was one of the things that Buddhism taught me. That they make a point of contemplating change as a constant in the universe, and death as a constant in the universe, and making peace with that. There's a meditation that I learned from Noah Rochetta. He does it on his podcast, where you just imagine the stage Imagine on that stage, first your family, the people closest to you, as well as yourself amongst them, and then your extended family, and then your, your state and your nation, and it just kind of moves out and out and out. You imagine them all on the stage, and then they go back, and you imagine them disappear forever, one by one by one, until you get to your own family members, and you contemplate the end, their deaths, one by one by one, and then your own. I mean, I did it, and obviously I got weeping because thinking about the people closest to me in my life, my children, and thinking about their deaths, it's not fun. But 
the exercise of facing that truth. Not only their rest, but my own. That life can change so quickly. And that one must learn how to adapt to that. It taught me an important lesson. And it's something that I try and do often. Not in a morbid way, but in a way that reminds me to live. That's what that's what you get out of contemplating death. Is you realize the importance of your time on this earth, regardless of what the cosmology is, what you think happens after you die, whether you think you'll be reincarnated or go to heaven, if there's nothing in between, right? Regardless of what your view of post-death is, I think most of us have to admit that we don't that we don't know, or that it's a fuzzy thing, or as the scriptures say, by what one may see through a glass darkly. It's hard to tell. So if that's the case, we need to treat our time here as precious, to fill it with as much life and meaning and beauty as we possibly can. And that's what I want to help people do, but it's also what I'm trying to do with my own life. So. That's my advice for dealing with all of this. It's what's helped me through it, is to have the big picture perspective, to hope that despite all the pain and challenge that this particular event in history has brought us, that we think of the good changes that can come out of it, that we can use it as an opportunity to see the things that are fundamentally wrong with the way that we live and take up the opportunity to change it, to build a new world where the old one has died. That's the that's the beauty of death, right? Is that despite the fact that we lose something, we each death is an opportunity to grow something new in, in its place. We see that in nature. That's the lesson that teaches us is that after wildfires go through, those ashes nourish the soil and create this bursting of new life that is stronger and more plentiful than what was there before. That the when animals die and they decay, that their bodies still provide food and substance for so many different creatures that in turn give that life and move it throughout the system. That nature has this, this beautiful system where everything is dependent on something else. That even things that seem ugly or, or sad, they have this purpose. There's this image that came up on, on Reddit while I was browsing the other day. Was a rather morbid image of this dead coyote's skull, right? And out of the eye socket was growing a flower, and it's a super morbid thing, but it's also very real. That out of death came life. That the the body of that that animal provided nutrients and substance for. 
talked about journey one earlier. I had a journey that was precisely that, that this lesson about how death turns into this new life, that my life is the same life, that it's not about a physical body. I leave behind so much, but I will leave behind a body of, of work, of things that I've written down, things that I've said on this podcast, the things that I teach my children. But that's the spiritual body I leave behind, and I want to leave behind something nourishing. And so I, I hope and I pray that this is that for you guys. Um, that in many years, this will be a useful piece of information. life can live as, as an example, not necessarily because I did everything right, I don't, but that the recounting of my experience, my spiritual journey, the things that I found useful and helpful will be helpful to other people, and eventually an active role as well, talking to people who listen to this podcast or part of the communities that I'm in, and helping them their spiritual life's journey. So that offer still stands. <laughs> you all know the email at uhwaitrate uh, at gmail.com. I'm always checking to make sure in case someone finally chimes in, right? And I'll keep it to that this week. I just wanted to make sure that you guys knew that I was still here. I was still planning on going forward with it. It just took some time to adjust to new life changes, the new place we moved in, and the events that we're all going through. And hopefully by next week we'll have some new material up. I'm not sure if, if I want to keep kind of speaking of the lesson that I've been learning, because there's, there's been more that's happened here than just Hopefully setting up a scenario where we get to build Hobbiton together on the farm and build a little hut or something, right? We So next week, depending on how things are going, I think I stayed some lockdown until the end of this month of April. I figure that's probably going to be the case around the United States. So we might kind of virus talks, I suppose. But I'll wrap it up. I'm kind of rambling and I realize that now. Um, anyways, once again, thank you guys for listening, for keeping up. I apologize for my little hiatus there. I've tried to be as consistent as possible. But I, I appreciate that despite that, there's still been more listens. It's only a few here and there, but if, if I only make a difference to one person, so I appreciate the many people who are listening. And once again, if, if you guys want to support the podcast, you can do, through, do so through Anchor or through the Patreon at patreon.com slash newagerate. You can email me at newagerate at gmail.com. And 
I hope that everyone has success and that you guys are being spared for the most part from anything that's possible for all of us to be spared, but everything goes well. That we all stay safe, stay healthy and insane. That's the thing I worry about is people leaving their rest of homes and worried about their economic situation as well as their livelihoods. But there's a lot being thrown at us. So I really, um, if you all know I keep it, my prayer is that not only that I'm able to provide the answers you all need, but that you get the, the help that you need. So if there's anyone who's still interested in an astrological consult, In exchange for either like the offer I made several weeks back, or uh, reviews, or sharing it with your friends, or whatever you think.